0: Another Friday night, and just as Smackdown hits the air, so does Beef Sticks Podcast live with your host, Pasty White, and this is my co-host here, Fat Mac. What's going on, pal?
1: What is up? What is up? What is up? This has been quite an interesting week with uh, not a lot of news, but a little bit of news has a lot to go with it. Yes. On top of that, continuation
0: from last week's breaking story, if you
1: will. And we've had a hell of a pay-per-view that we just seen. We also got what we hope is a hell of a pay-per-view coming up. Pasty. And uh, with that being said, I got a special little beer for the evening that I want to drop because I almost forgot my special little beer last week. And we just cannot be doing that on Beefsteak's podcast. No,
0: we can't. And it should be at the top of the show where it matters on a pedestal. What you got
1: Yes, just like R. Kelly, it's on a pedophile. We've got Shell's Snowstorm. Yes, this is the limited edition that comes out every season. This is the first batch that just popped out. I got it right away when it came into the local liquor store here. It is a red ale. This is the 2019-2020 edition. And pasty, as every Midwesterner knows, no two snowstorms are ever alike. And that's what makes this brew so special. It's a reddish-amber ale for the seasoned winter veteran who can withstand even the coldest of days.
0: Well, that's not you.
1: I know. But (laughs) delicious malt flavors and a crisp hop finish? Well, that's me. And that'll leave you asking one question. Were you prepared for the storm, baby?
0: I love it. It's a little early. I don't want you to bring that snowstorm to my door yet. But, uh, you know, talking about out of season... I just got my first half gallon of eggnog today.
1: Eggnoggers!
0: And that's not what I'm drinking tonight, folks. It is back to Evan Williams and Cola. Evan Williams! He's a good friend of mine. And he could be a good friend of yours, too. Visit your local liquor store today. He's Jim Beam's cheaper cousin. But
1: there's other places you should visit online, Basty.
0: Yes, indeed. And, of course, we're talking about Qualities T-Shirt Company of Wilmer, Minnesota. Wilmer Mania 2 is coming up real soon. Get your tickets now while you can. See the amazing talent of Team Bad Decision performing halftime at a wrestling show. That's right, folks. Good old Minnesota hip-hop on the roster. Uh, Qualities brings you the finest quality custom tees with sublimation, heat transfer, vinyl, and decals. Shirts, shirts, shirts for any occasion. Not to mention he's got his own lines of t-shirts, including Bully Brand, supporting uh, Pitbull awareness since 2017.
1: Pitbull awareness, folks. When Pitbull comes on your radio dial, change the channel. Change
0: it. Change it. It's
1: an important. It's an important cause.
0: It's the worst when he comes on your SummerSlam.
1: (laughs) Although I do love Timber with him and Kesha, I ain't gonna lie. (laughs) That that's my cut. I gotta sing along. Let's hear it. It's going down. We're yelling Timber. Gonna move. You're gonna dance. Let's make a night you won't remember. I'll be the one you don't forget.
0: Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Speaking of the one you don't forget, that's Monster Wear Clothing. My good friend Corey Matthews is making some crazy moves right now, getting his record label back on track, running Monster Wear Clothing, and and a, numerous other projects. I'm not at liberty to discuss with you just yet, but. Check out MonsterWear Clothing for all your small runner book orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabric. Along with custom graphics and logo design services offered, MonsterWear is that one-stop shop for all the shit you guap when you need to rep your own. Monsterware does it nice. High-quality products, quick turnaround times, and locally sourced near the Twin Cities. But, uh, hey, Mac, this is usually the part of the show where I'd let you go on with this week in pro wrestling history, but there's more. Oh, no. Yes, indeed. We've got a new partnership with Badass Beard Care. That's right. For all you bearded brethren and sisters. Feel free to go to Badass Beard Care and claim your free sample pack. Using promo code Beefsticks Podcast eight twenty nine eight two nine folks, spelt just how you would expect it. Beefsticks Podcast eight two nine, and when you do, it's a great way to help our podcast without costing you a buck. I do lie there, of course, because you do have to pay for shipping, but it's literally, I think, a buck forty nine. Not bad when you get a free sample pack, mine included, beard wash. It's very menthol eucalyptusy, and it stays with you. It's, it's great. You can feel it clearing out your nostrils as you wash. I got their Sandalwood Beard Oil. It's very mild, and it's nice. And then their Beard Balm. And the three of which combined have made my beard softer than it's ever been before. And, folks,
1: not only is the products, top-quality products that we love, But they also come in the most entertaining and amusing bottles, designs, containers. And it's just badass.
0: Yes, indeed. And your free sample pack will also come with a badass beard care. Don't fear the beard sticker. Complete with a badass ass. As well as a guitar pick. And now you might be saying, I don't play guitar. No, homie. This is to scoop out your mustache wax and your beard balm for those of you who don't have prolific fingernails, because a lot of us men like to chew on them.
1: Or just, you know, take care of them like I do.
0: Well, then you can use your fingernails, but for the rest of us- No,
1: I take care of them so they're short.
0: Okay, fine.
1: But But I clip them with the clippers, (laughs) and then I file them with a file, and then I put a soft gloss over top of them so that they say strong and (laughs) shiny.
0: You should and not be. That's the way real men do their nails. We'll be back with a new sponsor next week. Badass fingernail care. The cutest the cutest cuticle kit.
1: No, it's it's bad bitch fingernail care. Get it right, boy. It's the cutest cuticle kit. You damn right. Oh, folks, and that does bring us into this week in pro wrestling history. And we had to put this one in because this is just off the heels of election day this year back on uh, uh, Tuesday. I hope you all went to your voting booths and voted if there was something to vote on. In fact, there was something in my local area that lost by a large amount because people don't care about the children. And it was very sad. Hmm. But... On This Week in Pro Wrestling History on November 4th, 1998.
0: A day we'll always remember here in Minnesota.
1: Of course, because that's the day that Jesse Ventura, running as an independent candidate on the Reform Party ticket, defeated Democrat Hubert Humphrey III and Republican Norm Coleman to become the governor of Minnesota. Yes, Ventura, who would later change his nickname from The Body to The Mind, Made headlines nationwide with his victory, telling supporters, "We shocked the world."
0: <laughs> From and the body sure to the mind to the the husk—is that what you'd call him these days? <laughs> um, it, I don't know. He's not the call. mind anymore. No. <laughs> he,
1: but he, uh, the bald.
0: From the body to the mind to the bald.
1: But he was. He definitely was one of the best governors we ever had. Yes. He was he was one of, if not the first, independent candidate to win in recent history at least, let's, since let's, it's been a two party system.
0: Let's not overcast the fact that Jesse Ventura paved the way for governors such as Arnold Schwarzenegger and presidents like Donald Trump. oh Oh, one hundred percent. And Senators the only like Al Franken.
1: The only difference is I think Ventura probably knew politics better than them and probably cared about the people more than them. Yeah. As far as Trump goes, we can guarantee it.
0: I, I would say he hasn't played wrestling gimmicks like uh, like Glenn Jacobs has, but I'm nope. pretty sure as soon as he was governor, he was back on Raw for an episode or so.
1: Oh, he did. He did. I do and remember. He was, a, he was a referee, and he refereed the match. Um, it was a Hulk Hogan match, I'm pretty sure, but I might be making that
0: up, but... It sounds pretty close to Raid.
1: Nonetheless, uh, definitely, it, it's definitely a moment in history. Of course, we're from Minnesota, so it, to us it's a giant moment in history. But just in general, for an independent candidate to win the gu- uh, gubernatorial, hey, how do you like that one?
0: Yes.
1: The gubernatorial you gotta say ticket. say it like Arnold, though. <laughs> gubernatorial. <laughs> and just the fact that he got in, but he was amazing uh education fund found uh funding went up test scores went up immensely uh homeless went down unemployment went down he was he was on top of everything that at least i really care about and it was just just so awesome and he's a proponent for um recreational marijuana use which he supports and freely does
0: yes you should check out his episode on on joe rogan's podcast that's good that's right i'm shouting out other podcasts on this podcast deal with it it's awesome awesome, though uh probably my favorite governor but i don't really local politics much (laughs) it's hard enough to keep my eye on everything else i hear you
1: But basically talking about shouting out other uh, podcasts, (laughs) we got another good token J.R.R. This is our Jim Ross ramblings from one of his recent episodes uh, from his Grilling Jr. podcast. And this is a I I, I don't think it's the best one we've had because the most fun, I think, was when he was just going off on Johnny Ace. But this one really I love the way it ends. It just makes me laugh and giggle every time the way this one ends. He, he starts – this is a classic JR. He starts well, – we don't want to give it any backstory. <laughs> Let's just
0: l- let him listen. Yes. Enjoy this, whatever the fuck it is.
1: So, yeah, it was, a, it was a challenging thing. Hey, I remember one of the funniest conversations. If you talk to Bruce sometimes, which I know you do because you do a podcast every Friday. I'm sure glad that I'm the nice guy of your, your team. that <laughs> for most other guys, shit. And fucking guys like Bruce and Eric don't do shit for us. And because this son of a bitch won't plug what we're doing here, folks, on Friday Thursdays. Uh, but I, I uh, yeah, I, I just. Bruce was. Uh, we were talking about Bruce. did something. I was going to say he did something really good, but
0: maybe that's was a figment of my imagination.
1: <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Uh, the poor guy, he's worse he than you, He didn't even Grace get off Steve. on
0: another topic. He stayed <laughs> he on the didn't. same topic and forgot what he was talking about.
1: I know, he's worse than you. It's like every now and then he'll take a side road and get off topic. And like you said, he didn't really get off topic on his own. But it's like at least you bring it back. Like he just doesn't know where he went. He's like, I was i was saying something about Bruce. He did something positive. Wow. <laughs> it's just, and the worst part is is it's a good podcast that's entertaining to listen to. Like almost any other person doing a podcast who came off like this, that weekly we could come up with <laughs> shit. That's pretty funked up. You would think would be a horrible podcast to listen to. It's super entertaining. Oh, the guy went off again on uh, AEW this week. <laughs> I, uh, what, what was he uh, complaining about this week now? You know what? I don't remember. But he just he just lays it all out there. He doesn't give a shit who he pisses off. He really doesn't.
0: Right. The podcast isn't owned by AEW.
1: No, not at all. It's Westwood One.
0: Yes. So it's owned by Chris Jericho.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pasty. But that is one of the best reasons to listen to podcasts this week other than ours.
0: Yes. And these are the best reasons to watch wrestling this week because we all need it sometimes.
1: And we all, as we've said before, this is kind of a reminder for those of you who, a lot like us, even who are, it's our job to pay attention to wrestling. You can only, in this environment nowadays, you can only consume so much. The average person has to get up and work. They have to cook. They have to clean. They have to take care of kids. They have to do yard work and shovel snow here pretty soon. And on top of that, maybe you want to just watch a sitcom or a drama also. So you might not be able to consume all of the hours of wrestling each week.
0: Right. God forbid you just started season five of Breaking Bad.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So my best friend and my lover, Pasty White, and myself take our time to sit down and watch various wrestling shows, and we don't get to watch them all, No. but we'll tell you what we feel are the best reasons to watch what. And maybe you only go down and watch this episode and only this match, even. But do it because we think you should. Duh. Yeah. What's our so, first one, Pasty?
0: Yeah, of course. It's Impact Wrestling, where we saw OVE, the team of Sammy Callahan, Jake Crist, Dave Crist, and Madman Fulton taking on Tommy Dreamer, of course, Rich Swan. Daga and Tessa Blanchard in an extreme celebration match, which sounds bizarre. Woohoo! Chaos reigns supreme in this huge brawl that not only showcases week long celebration of Sammy's victory by OVE, but also continues to further the Callahan Blanchard story. They're gonna sleep together by the end of it, I swear to god.
1: Oh, I you can feel the sexual tension. <laughs> It's a super fun, hardcore match. It um, The whole episode, if you do decide to watch the whole episode, they go back and forth through this whole celebration of the draw, Sammy Callahan, because, of That'd be course, all would be great if, if, if she challenged know...
0: him for the title, and they beat each other bloody, and then just started making out in the middle of the ring.
1: <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> um, if you all don't know, Sammy Callahan Won the Impact World Championship from Brian Cage. So
0: in a cage. Uh,
1: this this was really fun. The whole celebration was fun, but this match was really good, and just just read off the people. You got the original OVE Jake and Dave. You got Sammy Callahan. Madman Fulton is a beast. Tommy Dreamer is a name. And then you got Rich Swann, Daga, and Tessa Blanchard. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, folks, I'm sorry. I'm kind of sniffling here, and it probably sounds gross, and I I should try to mute my microphone a little better, but um, really getting the, the bad colds and whatnot right now, but it's nothing compared to what I've had, and I'm not losing out on the show, so excuse me if I sound a little ill. But something that was super ill, Pacey, was AEW Dynamite this week. Oh, not only goodness. was there an amazing go-home match with an outside the ring brawl that really tied a lot of storylines together. But something that even superseded that was the Cody Rhodes promo. That was probably the best promo since the inception of AEW. I would dare say, and I think others would say that. Would you agree?
0: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, Cody's been good at cutting promos, but this definitely had huge raw emotion and passion behind it that you could feel.
1: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been behind his promos as much as a lot of people have. But this one, oh my gosh. I mean, there's nothing you could say negative. He lays it all out in what I believe is a way to get folks to buy the pay-per-view that has been missing from most of wrestling. WWE especially. This is a go This felt like a go-home show. The whole show did. You don't get that enough, and I know WWE, they have the network, and it isn't important to sell the pay-per-views, because they're not making any extra money off it, basically, but, so they've lost something in that, so companies like Impact, like MLW just now started doing a pay-per-views, Ring of Honor, and of course, AEW, who is the second biggest, at least financially, they're really bringing back the go-home shows that we used to love.
0: And that's what you need. You need a reason to buy the pay-per-view. I guess WWE doesn't need that because they got the network. They but, don't, and that's why they don't it, have it, yeah, good It shows. shows. Yeah, it definitely shows. They just end it with a tag team match, and that's, like, it. And I don't know. Just something about this episode was special, and I think it's going to lead to a lot more pay-per-view buys than, than one might expect. Uh, I'm really happy that you enjoyed the Cody Rhodes promo as much as I did. Um, not only you, but this, this promo got high accolades from the rock and what the fuck Jim Cornette.
1: Oh my gosh. And we got more to say about him later on, but wow, you don't expect him to be positive about AEW cause he's been extremely critical about them lately.
0: Right. Uh, but it was called, it was called, it, they called it Cody's hard times equivalent. You know what I mean? I which, don't know which if I, I, see I don't like that. that.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. I think it's his own thing.
0: Yeah, I
1: think it's his own. Why can't it be his own?
0: But he's so good at it. I can't believe. And you know, he might not be the best wrestler in the world, but when he can get you in the fields like that, he's he's good in this business. And um, we don't
1: really have a spot on this show to say it, so I guess since you kind of brought it up, we just have to. Uh... We have to address it here because we, we try to be as much down the middle as we possibly can and as much as AEW is an awesome alternative to WWE. Uh, we have to bring up the fact that uh, you said, you know, we hope it, it sells more tickets and more buys to their pay-per-view. Uh, this last AEW Dynamite, if you see uh, screenshots and pictures from folks, ouch, they sold about a little over a half of their tickets for that show. There was a lot, there was a whole section that was taped off completely. That was off camera Yeah, and a bunch of other sections. Uh, curtained I think off. a lot so, of their shows
0: that the, the hard cam site, a lot of it is curtained off.
1: And, and I'm hoping, I don't know. Cause I don't, I don't look at the number. I, I, I don't know. I don't have all the information. What I'm hoping is that they're gambling on bigger venues and, and they're not getting them, which is okay. That's yeah. not a bad thing. Um, not my philosophy I, I, agree, say- with, uh, I agree with I agree with I agree with Paul heyman where it's you know get a smaller venue and sell it out and have standing room only and the energy is 20 times but I can't blame people for shooting high and, and not hitting the mark that's right. also not a bad philosophy
0: also this week was a bigger arena than they're normally in from what I've noticed over the weeks this had the double deck arrangement of seating going up, whereas most of the time they're in an arena that only has the one
1: Uh I I up. don't know. I might have to disagree with you there because I know that so far they've been hitting up usually the same arenas that WWE has been hitting up for their Raws and SmackDowns. Oh, so, well, then they're just I, really
0: good at having it dark enough that you don't see the other rows.
1: They probably so, are, and that and that's a good thing. <laughs>
0: that, that's <laughs> a positive. And I will say that this week, NXT and the ratings was... Just numbers super close, off oh! From Dynamite.
1: But that's 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 what I want. This yeah, is great. Yeah. I love them being neck and neck. I don't want one superseding the other. I want them neck and neck to where they're both hungry as
0: oh, shit. Oh, I want I want Dynamite to go, or I want NXT to go over Dynamite for a little bit just to see what it drags out of Dynamite.
1: Oh, and what it drags out of NXT.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's been dragging on. Oh my god. Oh, NXT's and the,
1: we NXT. do got, we do have to point out though this NXT that that got super close to them was the first NXT that had had a bunch of uh main roster guys
0: on it. Well, it wasn't a bunch. It was just So the what does OC. that say about it was o- only the OC was there. Okay, so there's seven people on And then there was a cool the gimmick. The there show was like, this three cool of this cool angle roster where, where Finn Bálor came out and he like AJ. Oh, and he pointed at him with his gun. He gun pointed at AJ. Pointed but at then Adam right the after Adam Cole came Whoa. out, and so you don't know—is he going to join Undisputed Era? Is he going to yeah. join the OC? But either way, it's going to be fun. So it's good stuff.
1: But but we have to we have to address that elephant in the room, pay Steve. Yeah. They they got the big numbers when the main roster guys were there, not the guys that we
0: want to see. I understand but I'm not at the that's, same that's time bad or good. everybody's I'm just saying like, we of, have to address that everybody's kind of had that's that I really wish they would just send AJ and Gallows and Anderson to NXT so for them to be there was awesome they, they finally tickled that that fantasy at least but you had to have seen it but coming but does with feel NXT or is it being just on both us SmackDown NXT and fans? Raw when when they're on both shows yeah there's going to be retaliation I'm surprised the whole roster from both sides didn't show up
1: i'm not saying storyline i'm just saying we have to address that we have to address the fact that
0: oh yeah no i i get it
1: the the marks, like i said the you marks can see it haven't a mile made away ratings, so yeah and the, the uh casual fans have
0: yeah i yeah. I, I do i would uh, like to say that after smackdown and raw that the the ratings would have been the same if aj and and gallison and anderson wouldn't have been there because AEW showed up and showed out on both shows but maybe I don't, either way, it's good for their ratings. And, you would
1: uh, hope that would, would bring people in. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: And what's good for the ratings for any show is good for the fans. Yes. Um, there's another show that, that we want to uh, highlight before we move on. Even though we're falling behind, but we knew we were going to fall behind. Folks, I hate to tell you this. This is going to be a longer show than just two hours, so just bear with us.
0: Oh yeah. We love you. We love you hey, to death. Digest it in multiple sittings. It'll be fine. <laughs> <coughs> yes, but It'll number 3 fine. coming in is NWA Power. Should me at NWA Power. Oh, I'm I'm there already. Thunder Rosa versus Ashley Vox is not only a quick but fantastic introduction to fans who may not have had the opportunity to watch Thunder Rosa's work. But the post-match antics between Marty Bell and Allison K light the fuse for the continuation of their feud from Impact. It's nice to see that feuds carry over in NWA. It's not just a shelled-off universe.
1: It's really cool. And, you know, this was a a mid-show match that obviously didn't have a ton of time and and isn't some of their biggest stars. But I, I really think this is one of the best reasons to watch because... Um, three out of these four women, and Ash, not to take anything away from Ashley Vox, but I don't know her much and she didn't impress me much, but Thunder Rosa, Marty Bell, and Allison K are three top-notch women wrestlers. And if you want a, like, like it says, a quick introduction to them and kind of see what's going on, this is a perfect way to watch them, see what they have to do. It gives you both their wrestling skill and their mic skill, and maybe you go and watch some YouTube videos of them and check some things out. Or maybe you just watch them in the future. But I think this is definitely a good introduction to three super talented women.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I'm surprised uh, NWA Power showcases the women the way they do. Just for the, the feel of the show. You know, I mean, the, the old school feel. So you would assume it would be old school through and through. And it's nice to see that they oh. do.
1: Oh! And to be honest, they they... Give about, and I know this was addressed by, I, I believe, Cody, but to be honest, in their one-hour show, they they show about as much women wrestling as AEW does in their two-hour shows. Yeah. So uh, it, good for them for, for actually making a, you know, how long did it take uh, Ring of Honor and MLW to have a women's division at all? And NWA right. Power, right off the bat, it's like, no, fuck it. The women are important. uh uh-huh. I like yeah,
0: it. It's good to see. Oh, boy. You ready to get into the heavy shit?
1: <laughs> I don't even know how we're going to break this one up, but we're going to have to tag team this a little bit, Pasty.
0: You get to start this week because I did the bulk of it last week, and you just go till you can't go no more.
1: All right, Pasty. Well, uh, first of all, folks, we are getting into this whole silly Saudi situation, as it Part were. Part two. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it's it's becoming pretty clear at this point. We'll probably never hear the full truth of the WWE, quote-unquote, non-flight from hell, as it's being dubbed. Uh, but it it has developed dramatically in the wake of Crown Jewel this week, as we talked about last week, and obviously is continuing. We actually have more to talk about this week. So much more. We've already we've already seen conflicting reports of why the majority of the traveling roster ended up effectively trapped in the country and then forced to endure a hellacious trip home. So, Pasty, if you got your button ready...
0: Yes, indeed. Meltzer.
1: Dave Meltzer has revealed on the Wrestling Observer that it seems the talent were lied to about the nature of the delay. Of course, our good Unky Dave says the stars were aware of an emergency summit between Vince McMahon and Saudi representatives and that there was some conflict over money owed that led to the TV airing of the show going out 40 minutes late rather than live. And for as much as other people may argue this point, to me, if you're going to be 40 minutes late, you'd just wait and be 60 minutes late and call it an hour delay. But the fact that it's 40 minutes late makes me think that somebody was holding out, and then at one point somebody said, okay, now you can go, and they did it. Now, to be fair, that story fits the video posted on Facebook by former WWE Spanish announcer and current AAA employee, Hugo Saniovich. In which he claimed that WWE talent was not allowed to leave Saudi Arabia because of a matter of 300 to 500 million that WWE was owed by the Saudi government. We touched on this last week, Pasty. WWE had not been paid for the last Saudi show, the Super Showdown, as of September 30th. Melcher said they did say on the investor's call that they received 60 million after September 30th which is when the report closed, but before October 31st. More specifically, it seems most folks are saying a couple hours before Crown Jewel actually aired, which would imply it was being held off from being aired live until they got the money. That actually makes sense. So there was talk about money owed, and there was clearly money owed. That's been officially announced by wwe that's not speculation money was owed that was not paid but exactly what happened that led to vince mcmahon having whatever happened we don't know now wwe allegedly responded by cutting the tv feed and the government responded in kind by essentially quote kidnapping the talent Naturally, now that's not the sort of accusation you just throw around lightly, Pasty. because uh, keeping, uh, well, kidnapping is a grave crime, and it comes with significant punishment. Though, I guess, (laughs) when you're a government who sets his own rules anyways and can behead random folks at will, maybe not, we don't. (laughs) But apparently this whole thing was resolved. Nobody lost their head as far as we know of, and thus the show was going on ahead on delay. But that still doesn't entirely account for why the talent were delayed so long subsequently. It does, though, Pasty, however, add some insight into why they were told a different story about why they were stranded. Yeah. Go ahead, Pasty, take this.
0: Hugo Savanovich wrote it was a very difficult and dangerous situation because of the fact that Saudi Arabia had already been in serious trouble when they killed the reporter in Turkey at the embassy. So the boys were a little bit, not a little bit, they were very, very concerned. It was just about big, big money, millions of dollars that this guy did not spend, and Vince got upset and cut the feed for Saudi Arabia. And that has the prince upset, and it stopped them from leaving the country and got them off the plane. So basically what they're doing is they're originally trying to make it look like it was just a mechanical situation, but an executive from the company told me not to mention any names, but they were concerned. They were very concerned. Of course, we always know that money talks, and if Vince gets the millions of dollars, and maybe the Middle East, that big TV contract, because it didn't happen and one in one day he lost over $200 million in stock. So it's a very complicated situation, but the talent was, you know. I don't want to use the word kidnapped, but he ordered a kidnapping and the guys were stopped from leaving the country. Now on the back of that story, in a tweet which he said the talent was being coerced into releasing videos to blame the delay on mechanical issues... Meltzer says the official line offered to the talent was that it genuinely was mechanical issues. Again, it fits with the fact that Atlas Air, the charter company, issued an apology for the mechanical issue and delay.
1: Yeah, Paisley, but uh, Melter's latest suggestion Meltzer. is that the talent were... Effectively lied to about the reason, and while no one person who he spoke to actually did believe the story at all, the majority were unswayed by the attempt to shape the narrative. They fly a lot, these WWE independent contractors, if you were. And uh, Mechanical Issues... Pacey, even if you fly mediocrely, and sometimes only if you've only flown once, you know that mechanical issues are inevitable. But the manner of the delay and the fact that there were military police around the plane and in the hotels, well, that suggests that this was a little out of the ordinary. Perhaps that's why the called-for videos hadn't really arrived en masse. You didn't get a ton of WWE wrestlers supporting the WWE narrative, especially not while they were over there. Intriguingly, Meltzer claims he knows some WWE names who never want to return to Saudi Arabia, while some are actually considering leaving the company in the next few months, at least according to Dave. If that's the case, Pacey, this is going to cost the WWE a lot more than just the money they were owed.
0: Yes. Oh, and it just heats up even more on social media as numerous WWE superstars have commented about not being in the top 20 or the first group that flew out of Saudi Arabia.
1: Say it isn't so.
0: It's so, and there's a list. Curtis Axel wrote on Twitter, not the hashtag top 20. Middle finger emoji. I'm number one at home. Or is that hashtag one? We'll never know. <laughs> we don't leave each other behind at WWE. Calling him out specifically.
1: Well, on his Instagram, Luke Harper commented, Larry, I'm home. Folks, I don't know who the fuck Larry is. He's
0: been is. talking to Larry on Instagram for quite some time. Okay. I like it. I like it. It's his own sister Abigail.
1: I like to to think that that it's the uh, Larry from uh, Impractical Jokers.
0: Larry! Larry,
1: Larry, I'm home. I guess I didn't want it enough to pay for my own (sighs) own charter. But I'm home now. Hashtag
0: not top 20. Carl Anderson tweeted, couldn't pay me enough to go back. Well, that's not true. I need a second pool, so... To which his wife replied, Second house, not a pool, but don't ever go back again. We don't need our daddy slash poppy slash mother lover slash Anderson slash best tag team etc <laughs> He's the best tag team by himself. Of course. And he's the absander. <laughs> absander. Ab Sander, Ab Sanders. Ab Sander.
1: Ab Sanderson.
0: A Bernie Sanders on <laughs> but we don't need him being held hostage while we're at home worrying to death
1: uh yeah she specifically said being held hostage uh-huh
0: yeah yeah
1: i, I love the fact though that these two are bickering over social media while there's a hostage situation right. we need a second pool not a second pool just in a second
0: house i love that it can have um, a pool too though
1: <laughs> tyson kids said Talking about pools, pasty Next time we'll pool our money together instead of being lazy. Because apparently that was being thrown around that the wrestlers who didn't get on the first um, chartered flights, personal private jets, are lazy, apparently.
0: Yeah. I'm. So, why is, I guess, Tyson gets there for his wife. That makes sense. I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, the... Bald, hairless, albino, vanilla midget Eric Young tweeted, I'll pitch in, guys. Next time I'll have more pride in myself and take it upon myself to be better. What a world. What a fucking universe.
1: Pacey was nice enough to let me say Scott Dawson said hashtag poor.
0: Yes. AW World Champion Chris Jericho even chimed in, saying, Shame on you, lazy embarrassments to the company. Glad everybody made it home safely.
1: Another uh, knock at the whole lazy deal. Um, Carl Anderson, Pasty, was machine gun Carl Anderson, if you will, and I do. He was hoping for a leader to step up. And he actually tweeted, Looking forward to seeing who the locker room leader is on Monday. And then he added not only a popcorn emoji, but a heart emoji.
0: (laughs) I love Carl Anderson.
1: I love him too. His his uh hashtag uh hot Asian wife, sexy Asian wife. What is it? Hot, hot Asian, hot wife, Asian right? wife. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hashtag but beat up John Cena. Instead,
1: they got in a meeting on Monday. They were lambasted by a rah-rah speech from Seth Rollins,
0: according which, to Dave Meltzer. In Meltzer. which the main.
1: Uh, to Melter. be fair, folks, Meltzer did not come up Melter. with the lambasted word. That was mine, and I'm <laughs> proud of it. So, Pacey can drop the Dave Meltzer thing all he wants, but the lambasted I'm taking fucking credit for. The quotes? All Dave Meltzer. Lambasted, fat man. Um, They were lambasted by a rah-rah speech from Seth Rollins in which the main point was, quote, don't air your grievances on social media. End quote. <clears throat> Triple H also called out Carl Anderson, who we just spoke of, for comments he made on Twitter about who would be the locker room leader. Anderson reportedly didn't say much of anything. That's a smart move, Carl. But
0: there was said, said to be I'll do it.
1: <laughs> but there was said to be more heat on Anderson because of he and his wife saying that he shouldn't go back to Saudi Arabia.
0: Hey, Triple H still let him go to NXT.
1: Now, after after arriving back in the States, AJ Styles had an interview with Mixer Gaming, where he finally opened up at least a little bit about the situation. Now, this was after being asked multiple times. But Styles finally gave his own perspective on the situation based on the facts that he knew. He said, quote, "We were supposed to leave after the show. We got to the airport. They weren't letting us board. What was the problem? Not really sure. Heard there was a fuel truck in the way. The guy who drove the truck had left to go home. Oh, excuse me. the guy who drove the truck left to go home. I know that makes no sense. Why would the fuel guy leave if he knows he's got a plane that's leaving Then there was some paperwork issues." The problem was, we spent all that time waiting to board the plane. They are telling us we can't go anywhere. Finally, after at least four to five hours, we get on the plane. Then they find something wrong. The fuel or something, the fuel or something or another was broken.
0: Yeah. You know, I can kind of see how. Even if it was mechanical issues, it would get misstrewn because it's basically like a high school in the airport with all the wrestlers speculating on what's happening and nobody knows what's going on.
1: Sure, but what else did uh, AJ have to say, Pasty?
0: Well, he went on to say there is no point in getting mad, getting angry about something I have no control of. I'm home now. That's true. And I'm happy to be here. We'll find out as we go along why things happened or we won't. I won't know what's going to happen going forward, but it's just going to be what it's going to be. I'll deal with it when I need to, but I'm not going to throw WWE under the bus, or airplane for that matter, because then it wouldn't take (laughs) off. That's not how I work. I'm a guy who's committed to making the best product that I can, and it's not going to do me any good to throw good people under the bus. There are a lot of good people that work for WWE, and I will not make them look bad. There are a lot of people that were on the plane with me. Until I know more, I'm not going to say anything. And if I did find out, and I was offended, I will go to the source. Believe that. (laughs) He turned into Roman Reigns for a second. Right. And then quickly succumbed to the leukemia and became AJ Styles again. Oh no! Couldn't handle that one. (laughs) Corey Graves also spoke on the situation with after the bell, as well as on his own podcast, but that's a WWE thing. <coughs> Admitting the airport situation was weird. It was definitely unusual. We got to the airport immediately after Crown the Crown Jewel event. There were a litany of delays, and no one seemed to be able to get a surefire answer as to what was causing the delays. We heard everything from the fuel truck was parked on the runway to the guy that drove the fuel truck wasn't there. There were literally 10 or 15 reasons why we couldn't get on the plane. Alfred Canua of Forbes reached out to WWE for a comment and reports that they swiftly denied the owed money act allegations that were first brought up by former WWE and current AAA announcer Hugo Savanovich. Canua added how WWE confirmed to him that their relationship still remains strong with partners in the kingdom. Regarding how Crown Jewel started almost an hour late on MBC Action Network in Saudi Arabia, WWE told Kenua that the T V feeds issued in the kingdom were entirely unrelated to anything regarding a payment.
1: Well, of course they were unrelated. <laughs> now, that's just weird to even think differently. Right. They owed him money, it didn't air. the two things have nothing to do with each other.
0: God, I wish I wish Vince tweeted like Trump does. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
1: We'd have a podcast just reading the tweets. We almost
0: had that at one point with the two tweets. That is true. (coughs) Um, mm. WWE reiterated the mechanical issues were the cause of the flight delay, pointing to how Atlas Air, the charter company, also issued an apology for the mechanical issues, which obviously couldn't be solved with a small amount of American dollars. Of course. Ugh. With all that being said, on Monday, WWE announced that they revised the deal with the Saudi General Entertainment Authority to include a second annual large-scale event and extending the deal to 2027.
1: Well, they didn't extend the deal, but they did add an extra event every year.
0: So is that three then? Because I swear we've had two.
1: We have had two, but that's not what they were contracted for. (laughs) They've been contracted through 2027. Okay. Because last year it was a 10 year deal.
0: Yeah.
1: But it was always for one event each year. Now they've done two events every year. And now allegedly the contract is that they will continue to do. So my guess is there's going to be three events. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Well,
0: I mean, as long as the money flows, and I mean, even if it doesn't, apparently.
1: Apparently, yeah, apparently. (laughs) Well, no, if it doesn't flow, they don't air it. Well, they aired on America, just not in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, no, this whole thing,
0: I'm balls deep in in, uh, Breaking Bad right now, but this whole thing has got me thinking it's a whole lot like Breaking Bad. Uh, Vince is Walt, the WWE is the meth, Fox is Gus, and the Saudi, uh, they're the cartel. And Jesse, he's NXT. He's NXT Bitch. I dig it.
1: but can we can we all just point out how the fact that Saudi Arabia continues to fuck women by the fact that there was a first ever women's combat exposition in Saudi Arabia history and everybody's talking about a 40 minute fucking tape delay of the show. Yeah. Like, come the fuck They didn't fuck even on. miss that match.
0: They didn't even miss that match. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's, it needs, it's
1: yeah. so stupid. It is what it is. Uh, I I don't, as we said, I really don't think we're ever going to hear anything more of this. I mean, to be honest, Vince McMahon is super powerful. Oh, once people and the are, Kingdom are not of Saudi Arabia to WWE anymore, you're
0: going to hear more. But about.
1: do any of them know? None of them know. No, but you'll How still many hear people about do you it? think are in in this.
0: I guarantee you you're going to hear about it as people become uncontracted.
1: Well, I mean you'll hear you'll hear them bitching about it, but I don't think we'll get any answers ever, I guess no, is what I'm trying to say. Definitely
0: not. Money money covers that shit up fast. Okay, yeah, that
1: that's what I'm trying to say. I don't think we'll ever get an answer for this at all. Uh, Pacey, Goodbye, Evan Williams. We had a uh, amazing a pretty damn good pay-per-view. On Saturday night, MLW's first ever pay-per-view. Yes, the, the first MLW pay-per-view. Saturday I've night missed. super fight.
0: Yes, I did yeah. miss it, but I heard it was good, and I intended on watching it this weekend in my spare time. I just made the mistake of waking up watching AEW and NXT back-to-back, and I was like, oh, shit, that was four hours of wrestling, and I haven't even had breakfast yet. <laughs> well,
1: like we've said, it's a lot to digest to try it's, to catch everything. It's so much. Uh, but Fat Mac wasn't going to miss MLW's first pay-per-view. And uh, so we'll go God through this kind you, of quickly son. because its I guess it's just my opinion. You watched a few matches, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I watched um, at least the first first two, I
1: believe. There you go. Well, to be fair, I didn't watch any of the pre-show matches, so we'll just kind of zip either. through the results. Leo O'Brien defeated Savio Vega. Pacey and I both thought Vega would win that one. But it's good that he's, he's um, elevating undercard talent. Yeah. Gino Medina, in his debut for MLW, defeated Airwolf. The son of L.A. Park defeated Zenshi, and there was a three-way tag match to where the Contra unit defeated both Dominic Garini and Douglas James and the Spirit Squad. Boo. Yeah. Well, you're the one that voted for them. You I know, man. I'm
0: booing the fact that they lost. Yeah,
1: well, you're You never
0: ass. bet against the Spirit Squad.
1: And they never win.
0: Unless uh, the Mean Street Posse's in town. Whoop, whoop. That was that was um, Shane McMahon's shit, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it yes. was.
1: Uh, so then we get to the main pay per view, and we started it off. Can with that a be a tor-
0: tag team match? Can we get the Spirit Squad versus Mean Street Posse? Um, be fun. We can. Has it happened? That seems like something that should have. I'm happened. A,
1: I'm sure it has, but <laughs> I don't know that it has. You know, yeah. Like you said, it's something that it should have
0: happened. But okay. it's gotta have it's gotta have Shane and Dolph in it,
1: though. Uh, well Dolph <laughs> was nobody back then, so he probably was in it. Shane probably wasn't. Basically, we started the pay-per-view off with a tornado tag team match for the MLW tag team championships. We had the Von Eriks comprised of Marshall and Ross defeating the Dynasty. Who is uh, MJF and Richard Holiday? The von Erichs won the titles from them.
0: Yeah, I was surprised by this one. And this is where I where I had said it was nice that uh, the, the storyline continued from Impact into NWA. MJF is a completely different person in MLW. I mean, not really, the gimmick is the same, but the the angle is completely different, like true.
1: True, he knows he's on a different brand. Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, I agree. I did not expect the the Von Eriks to win. This was a good way to open the show. It had a feel-good ending of the Von Eriks winning the title gold, even if I personally don't feel they're quite ready for it. But at this point, Pacey, now it's sink or swim. Dude,
0: it's 2019, and we got the Von Eriks and the Hart. Foundation and what is going yeah, and, on. And
1: we and we have and we have a Fatou.
0: Yeah, it's like wow. <laughs> um,
1: no, I, I think the Von Erics are I think they're gonna it's sink or swim and I think they're gonna keep their heads above water. So I I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Not what I was expecting, not what I would have picked, but I'm willing to give it a chance. <clears throat> then we have Pacey a trios match. We see an Injustice comprised of Jordan Oliver, Coto Brazil, and Myron Reed, and they defeated my team of Gringo Loco, Puma King, and Septimo Dragon, which I had dubbed King Loco Dragon.
0: Yes. This just reinforces why I never go against Coto Brazil. I think his, his, his pinnacle is still untapped. He's got so much going for him.
1: Oh, I can't wait to see him versus uh, Jacob Fatu. Yeah. That is that is a match I am super fucking excited for. And maybe they have wrestled and have missed it, but if we could get a title match where it's Jacob Fatu versus Kodo Brazil, I would be all over that. Oh, my gosh.
0: That would be tasty. But <laughs> Kodo and his boys got me the initial point in the contest, bringing it to Pasty1Max0.
1: You did. And, Pacey, before the match even began, they had me hooked into it because the heels were playing hot potato with an illegal object, and they just kept tossing it from from person to person while the ref was, was checking them, and they just tossed it to one guy while the ref checked him, tossed it to another I one. I love it. That was fucking awesome. Ringo Loco? Oh, my gosh. Give him the fucking gold star because he took the majority of the punishment, especially... The two spots that I'm going to talk here. Oliver Quinn leapt from the ropes at Gringo Loco and caught him in the air and power bombed him on his way down in a super fucking amazing spot. And then Reed, performing a cutter from the apron to the floor on the crazy Gringo. Oh, oh these guys were... And this isn't even close to the best match, but they really put on a really good show. This, To me, this probably maybe should have been the opener above what we got. I would have flipped these two around. But yeah. this is the opener and got everybody hyped and put the Tornado Tag as a solid match, but wasn't all the excitement. That's just me personally.
0: Well, then next we had the middleweight championship match where Teddy Hart defeated and defended his championship against Austin Aries, giving me that sweet, sweet second point.
1: Oh, my gosh. And you, your first. Both men. Teddy was
0: your first. How's that make oh, you feel?
1: Oh, Teddy Hart is my first. I, I love it <laughs> because you know what? There's people who have had firsts with much uglier people. Yes. Um, So on this base, I think both men worked hard and Aries went, I I would say Aries went above and beyond in terms of selling for Hart throughout the match. And even after he was pinned, doing the opposite of what he did in impact by staying down on the mat long after the finish until even the next video package began.
0: Like if you don't (laughs) stay down, we take all the money back.
1: I don't know, but let me say this: Let's hope there's more of this Austin Aries in MLW because I super enjoyed this.
0: Is he still rocking the beard? I love the beard.
1: He's not. He was
0: shaved. Oh, the beard is gone.
1: I was upset. We were gonna, we were gonna market him with <laughs> our, our new, our new sponsor and everything. Yes, badass
0: beard care, folks. I just that like, promo code oh. once again is Beef Sticks Podcast eight two nine. Which is how many episodes we'll have before we change our name.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And moving on from eight two nine, pasty, we had the battle of respect. Loki actually defeated Brian Pillman Jr. Kind of shocked. I wanted to pick
0: Loki so bad, but I'm like Um, uh, he's kind of fallen from grace, hasn't he? Apparently not.
1: Well, in my opinion, this was a well-told story. We had the veteran low-key humbling the cocky Pillman, who I had said last week, you expect you expect the veteran to win on a battle of respect, but I really thought they were pushing Brian Pillman Jr. and, and something was going to come of this.
0: Right, But they, this, they did the, the right move as far as storytelling scene. goes,
1: um, or, or at least the classic move. Yeah. Right. The announcers, though, Pasty, This is an AEW here. The announcers did a fantastic job of helping the wrestlers tell this story as well. And I give as much credit to this match to the announcers as I do the wrestlers. Now, I've always enjoyed Loki from the very first time i ever seen him. And even though he was very good as the heel champion, I think he might actually end up doing better as kind of the lone wolf face pasty.
0: I'm excited to see But
1: that. the thing I, what I'm questioning is, um, is this going to lead to any real changes in Brian Pillman jr's character or not? Obviously shake hands
0: after the match. That's the question.
1: Yeah. Low key is definitely evolving. What's going to happen with BPJ. I don't know.
0: I bet low key could manage him and steal him away from the foundation.
1: Ooh, I hope not, but that's actually cool at the same time.
0: Uh-huh, and then he can get looped into Selena De La Renta's Promotiones de, 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 de.
1: Promotiones de Rado. Yes,
0: that. Yes, that. Yes, that. I don't know. Either way, that's, that's good stuff. What else we got? Then next, we saw Tom Lawler defeating Timothy Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher, in a How to Drain Your Dragon match. And Tom Lawler drained his dragon all over Timothy's face.
1: Pacey, this one was nowhere near as good as I expected. But I I will say it was completely unique.
0: It's the only one without a special title.
1: I know, but uh, I wasn't into it. The crowd wasn't into it. Uh, There was a post-match promo by Lawler that was pointless, and he didn't really say anything. This was the, I will say this was the lowest point in the pay-per-view. It's not good.
0: It's not good. I
1: know. But there's a high point coming up, Pasty.
0: Yes, there's always a high point at the top of a stairway. And we're talking a stairway to hell, which also has a low point. And Math- Mance Warner defeated Jimmy Havoc and Bestia says Sace Sace. Tell me about this one.
1: Well, the first thing I have in my notes, a little too much dick abuse in this match. <laughs> I think they could have, it was, it came off very cartoonish with how much phallic,
0: Uh, flagrance was in. It's funny when Joey Ryan's not in the match, and that still happens.
1: I know, right? But (laughs) otherwise, it was actually an insane hardcore match that you would expect from these guys, especially given this stipulation.
0: Like I said, the most brutal from all corners of the globe coming together.
1: It is, and as much as I can say, this was a great for this being a hardcore match, whatever you want to dub it. You know, it was awesome, and I enjoyed every second of it. But obviously uh a little too much of the uh, uh testicular non fortitude I didn't dig, and I'm not really sure why Bestia was added to the match other than him having taken the loss so that Mance Warner and Havoc can continue their feud. Because I think this could almost be a better match with just those two. And I love yeah. Bestia says I love it, but and I love Promotion's uh Dorado, but
0: um was the stairway a ladder?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was a
0: ladder. Okay. And it was
1: good. I mean, this was, super, well, makes this was a super good match for what match, it was.
0: You don't have a good ladder match between two people.
1: Yeah, let, let me say this. If you're looking at it as a match alone, like you're just going to stroll through one day 20 years from now and say, I want to watch this match. You're going to enjoy the fuck out of it. If you're watching it and trying to continue a storyline, I was kind of disappointed in it. So it's... Got its plus and its minuses.
0: Could you tell Jimmy Havoc didn't want to get injured on his not main job? No, not Good. at all. Good. That was my biggest worry about this match. Right? <laughs> and that ties us up at three to three with Pace three to to getting three. the point for Mance. That's a true bromance what? Pasty? Right there.
1: Pasty getting the point for Mance?
0: No, Mac. I said Mac. Didn't I say Mac? You said Pasty, but you meant Mac. Know. We're one and the same. Does it really <laughs> matter?
1: As long as we're both inside each other, you know.
0: Right. Where I end, you begin. Exactly. What's up next? The National Sometimes open weight Championship seeing Alex Hammerstone defending and retaining against Davy Boy Smith Jr. Man, it's just not a good night for the foundation.
1: Oh, fuck you, okay? <laughs> First of all. Second of all, we went from a match that was really good but had shitty storyline to a match that had little storyline and was not good. This, Basically, this wasn't a bad match. I do have to match. ask,
0: just okay. because... And I'm uncertain. Okay. But were Brian Pillman and Davey Boy Smith in the Hart Foundation? Yes. Their fathers were? Yes. Okay. Just making sure.
1: Yeah, the Hart Foundation was, the the second iteration of the Hart Foundation, I should say, was Brett the Hitman Hart, Owen Hart, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, the British Bulldog, and Brian Pillman. Okay,
0: yeah, that that era, it's in my mind, but it's so foggy.
1: The Uh, original Hart Foundation was Brett the Hitman Hart, Jim the Anvil Knight Hart, and Jimmy Hart. Yeah. All three of them had Hart at the end of their name, and not a three of them were related at all. But the second iteration, they were all related either through blood or marriage. Brett the Hitman Hart, Owen Hart, brothers... Jim the Anvil Nightheart was married to their sister. Owen Hart was, or not Owen Hart. Um, British Bulldog was married to their sister. And Brian Pillman was not actually married or blood related, but did train there and was one of their like uh, best friends.
0: Well, there you go. Thank you for the knowledge.
1: You're very welcome. I like when you throw random shit out there so that I can throw out... Hey, I don't know everything,
0: but I want to.
1: Well, I, I just like the fact that I can let people know that I don't just fucking research this shit and then drop it here. It's like, <laughs> I just... I, I I know some things. Well, I know that's the They're era. not important that's, things. That's, like,
0: that's your time span. That is. And,
1: and I love the fact that you and I have two different time spans so we can help educate each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, you didn't have to live through the shitty Ruthless <clears throat> Aggression era. I did it for you.
1: Well, I could have, <laughs> but I chose not to. With uh, that being said, where are we at here? Um, uh, Yeah, so basically this wasn't a bad match per se, but it was not a good match. It was the epitome of the Simpsons meme, map.
0: I don't think I've ever seen Hammerstone put on a match that makes me say, oh my god.
1: Uh, this was the perfect spot for this match, Pasty, and do you know why? Why? Because this was the proverbial bathroom break position.
0: Mm, kind of. Uh, of the, oh no, that is the right spot. Yes, it is.
1: I think so. The finish was weak in that there was just no way that the uh, so he. Basically, the finish happened, and they were all tangled up in the ropes. And there's no way the referee would not have seen that they were in the ropes. Even if the positioning had been better, though, it was still a disappointing finish. And why, why, why place so much emphasis going into this and during the pay-per-view on Georgia Smith, who is uh, David Boy Smith's wife, in the video package and everything, if she wasn't going to have any part in this match. (laughs) I was super disappointed in this match. I was, I I was,
0: it was storyline leading up to it though. Wasn't it? I don't know. I haven't been watching. It
1: it was, but why would you have a storyline leading up to it? If she isn't involved in it?
0: Well, I mean, Samoa Joe went and attacked AJ Styles family and then they weren't totally involved in it anymore. And everybody
1: is talking about how well WWE is written. (laughs) <laughs> right yeah exactly uh-huh. uh then we had the main event Pacey a no dq world heavyweight championship match the champion jacob fatu retained his title against the legendary la park yes you didn't see this but but what what do you have to say about this what are your expectations what do you feel about this Obviously you know Jacob Fatu from MLW, you know LA Park from his time as La Parka.
0: Yeah, I mean LA Park and and they both come from a lineage a significant right. lineage from their own respective regions. And I would expect this to be pretty fantastic for what it is. I mean, overall in the, you know, PWI top 100, they're not high up.
1: No, neither one.
0: No, but for what it is, I expect quite a bit out of it. Especially the main event on the first MLW pay-per-view. I mean, you got to earn that, right?
1: You should, and pasty, they did. And you're going to go back and watch. I hope you're going to go back and watch this. I think you're going to go back and watch this. Uh, The match, it looked awesome. These are my notes right here. I'm just going to read it word for word. The match looked awesome on paper, and it over-delivered. Now, L.A. Park bled buckets, and he ended up having his mask half ripped off. So by the end, every time you've seen L.A. Park, it was iconic. It made me think of um, Steve Austin in the sharpshooter with Bret Hart. You yeah. know what I mean? Awesome. Like an iconic image. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, you I get just more, more
0: insight to the facial expression to see the pain that you oh. never get to see any other time.
1: Too right, too right, because the whole top half of his face was ripped off. Didn't you the same kind of thing eyes, happen in the Sammy Callahan
0: and uh, um um, good God, Cerro Mero? Yeah, uh, uh <laughs> what the fuck is it? Pentagon Junior? Pentagon, yes. Penta- in yeah, In And the hair versus hair match because Penta's yes, yes. mask was pretty ripped off. Exactly, by the too. exactly. And it's and, and, and It's awesome. It's probably this better than a, if they would get fully demasked. You know what I mean? Oh, they, they oh and 100%, 100% is better. They never it's, show that. It always gets me, but I think that's the point.
1: Pacey, like, it's like it's like this. You can look at a fucking beautiful woman completely naked, and you can look at a beautiful woman with tiny panties on and a really short fucking top with the nipples just peeking out. She looks better with the clothes on. Exactly. She does. She does. That's just the way it is. This was a wild brawl, and the hot dueling crowd chants. They, the fans didn't know who they wanted to vote for. That it was Jacob Fatu. Best. It was L.A. Park. It was Fatu, L.A. Park. Fatu, L.A. Park. It was fucking amazing. It made for a hell of an atmosphere. The fans were digging this one pasty. I'm happy they kept the title on Fatu, I'm not going to lie. And I talked about this last week. Uh, This guy could be the face of the company, a real homegrown star. While Ali Park, he really, he doesn't need the championship to be over with his fans. We're going to fucking dig him no matter what he does. He's already earned his place, you know what I mean? And you don't want, he's past his prime, I hate to say it, he no, did an awesome true. job in this match, but he's past his prime. Right, he's and no you Tommy don't want to worry about injuries. Yeah, <laughs> he's no Tommy Dreamer. No, I, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I fucking loved it. This was this was an A plus match for me. I did not have one negative to say about this.
0: That's awesome.
1: But I do have one negative piece: is that we came to
0: a tie. Yes, we did, and don't you wish the tiebreaker was the Heart Foundation loses all matches? Well, you probably would have picked yes for that,
1: so I guess it really doesn't fucking matter.
0: Well, they didn't lose all their matches, though. Teddy Hart won. That's true. Yeah, so you would have won that in that situation. Yeah, I know. I suck. What the stipulation was? Heart Foundation wins all matches, and I said no. And you won this. And I won it. Five to four. I'm giddy. You can have all the WWE pay per views. I don't even care. You are. Give a shit and you're, you're building
1: back up there. <laughs> <laughs> you get all the other ones. Yeah. Um. So hopefully you'll get a chance to watch this. But as of now, um, best match Fat Mac is saying main event Jacob Fatu like versus LA Park. Final grade, I'm giving it a a minus. I'm gonna err on the side of lower because uh, a few matches that should have done good disappointed me. So I'm giving it an A minus. Basically, if you change it in the future, go right and ahead. At least that didn't. But that's wasn't what I'm going for d-
0: Disappointment to drop your A minus to a B.
1: No, that not at all. Not even a B plus.
0: Mm-hmm. That says a lot, especially with their first pay per view, and everything teeters on this correct uh, but uh everything also teeters on AEW's first pay-per-view since the inception of Dynamite AEW Full Gear airing this Saturday for outrageous uh, American dollars but <laughs> get you a VPN <laughs> they trial that out yet, haven't get they? you a VPN trial and be in the United Kingdom and get it for 20 bucks do it otherwise there's other means, you know this. Oh yeah, but uh, I think I think after the go home show, fucking get some friends and buy it, do it.
1: I think it's worth it. I definitely think it's worth it to watch it one way or the other, whether you got to go out of your way to uh, physically find it somewhere else, or whether you and your friends get together and drop five bucks on it. I think you should watch it. It looks like it's going to be a great card, to be honest.
0: Yes. I'm excited for it. Hey, I love that Zen Space waterfall you got going on in the background. You know it. it really centers you in the studio, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> so, it kicks off with the buy-in. Only one match this time. Apparently, of course, there'll be a couple added. Obviously. You would assume. We're seeing Doctor Britt Baker taking on B Priestley, who seems to be her hottest rival since she's arrived. Correct. I think this is going to be a good match, and I think B can take Britt Baker to the limit. I think you slow burn Britt Baker. She's going to be the face of your company. You slow burner. I don't know if you keep putting her on your fucking pre shows. Because I think she needs to see a little bit more respect from the company than that. Right. But I understand the the time constraints in which they're working with. So. And honestly, with the YouTube money coming in, is, is AEW Dark really any less of a show? It's not, because it's basically MLW or NWA. It's a YouTube wrestling program. This is just, it's it's tears I, that I have in my brain about this whole situation.
1: That I don't know. I mean, number one, NWA, MLW, and AEW aren't making much, if any, money off of their shows, obviously. Especially with uh, the algorithms. If you, If you're a fan of any youtube show you know the algorithms have been so fucked lately
0: especially in the wrestling department Uh,
1: especially so i don't think i I think it's basically just quote-unquote free advertising and it's not free because you pay for what you have to uh produce
0: but that cost is also tied up in in the production of dynamite
1: well exactly Uh, obviously aw dark doesn't cost anything because all of that stuff's already there. So WWE should take a
0: page out of their book though, don't you think?
1: Uh WWE I mean, they airs do, most of they their page stuff event. on there, so I think they have
0: main event, but a main event should be a YouTube show as well. I think. Yeah,
1: but have you seen but they always air all of their uh popular matches on there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And they get paid for those to begin <laughs> with. And, I don't yeah, know the way they
0: do it. It's more numerous because there's more videos getting more. Yeah. views.
1: So uh, basically, let me say this: as far as AEW full gear goes, pasty, I started out actually picking who I thought was going to win when there was like three. Like they they waited to the last minute to put out fucking any matches. It was like three matches up until two days ago. Like yeah. they really dropped everything at once. Um, and when I first did it, there was like three matches. And I don't remember who it was. It was Hangman Adam Page, it was uh John Moxley, and it was uh Jericho Cody, and they were all three letters that I could put in as who I wanted to win. <laughs> and so as they added people, I just picked whoever I could fucking write three letters for. And then they started fucking with me. Because then there was Riho and Emmy Sakura. And it was like, God, I, sh- I should do Emmy, but I know it has to be Rio, so I had to write Rio, like Rio de Janeiro, and then Sean Spade. It, it, it fucked me up. But basically, folks, I'm just... I'm just going on number of letters because pasty has been so amazing at picking AEW predictions that I can't go with what I think because I always lose Throw so it at I'm the just wall, right? going by the number of letters <laughs> and I'm hoping that fucking working out me. a system. I am. I am. It's like, all right, three letters. We're fucking picking everybody. I can do three letters. With, <laughs> uh, with that being said, I'm going with the, um, Doctor of Medicinal Dentistry, a Brit Baker, DMD.
0: Yes, and I am going with. And fun fact: Did you know that B is short for Belvis? I'm going I didn't for, know that. I'm going for Belvis Presley,
1: Belvis Arthur. You know what? Um, unrelated story. I have a friend on Facebook who is an artist. A couple years ago, she got asked to do a painting of B. Arthur Topless. Whatever. She did it. She just posted a thing that somebody had seen that. And so they asked for a painting of the entire Golden Girls Topless. And she posted a picture of the final product. And it's really good. But it's like, but it was expensive, and it's like, who the fuck is paying this kind of price to see the Golden Girls topless as a painting? Oh my glob! Who wouldn't?
0: I mean, I guess I'd just wait. For I wouldn't, to Google, but I wouldn't, and I wouldn't.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, what else do we got? That's the only buy-in that we have, Pacey. As you said, so uh, we're into the main uh, I event I expect now. a
0: match with one of the librarians on the buy-in, yeah, and probably something that. with Sunny Kiss
1: yeah
0: yeah i well, want that yeah i want sunny kiss on the main show damn it
1: for sure uh
0: but yeah first on the show and of course this isn't in any necessary order but they've been pretty spot on so far uh, joey Janela versus the chairman of aew sean spears
1: and, of course, the man who just had an amazingly bloody awesome match has a grudge to him calling himself the chairman. And, of course, he came down with the chair and got on the chair and danced in MLW, and I'm talking about, of course, L.A. Park.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, I mean, Vince calls himself the chairman, too. It's it's fair game.
1: Well, Vince is a legitimate chairman. <laughs> let's let's just call a spade a spade what do you got here Basty?
0: oh man i love joey janella but sean spears with uh with tully blanchard is, is a pretty formidable team and he pushed cody to his limits i think joey's down there in the ranks and being a hardcore wrestler he can afford the loss i gotta go with sean spears did you see them pull joey jale tongue out of his mouth for being disrespectful and putting a cigarette out on it
1: i actually did see that
0: and then in the in the in the youtube video or whatever the the lead up to to full gear that they released after AEW dynamite um they they did they took out the cigarette and said they just tried to pull his tongue out with the players i'm like oh come on
1: (laughs) That's stupid. No, I, I agree with you. Although I will say, uh, Joey Janela is badass. but the fact that trying to build Sean Spears as Cody's nemesis, he yeah. has to win this. There's no way he doesn't.
0: I'm just going to say, I wouldn't be mad at all. If Joey Janela won, I'd actually be probably happier. Then I would be Spears happier. Wouldn't.
1: I think Joey Janela should win, but yeah, if Sean Spears is going to get it. That's who they're. If pushing. anybody
0: can afford to float lower down the card, it's the hardcore guys. That's that's what I think. They're going to have their that own prize true. eventually. I, I think.
1: I don't know that that's true. What do we got next? Hardcore.
0: Yes, an unsanctioned match. Well, these guys don't count. <laughs> they're cut from a different cloth. Yeah, Moxley versus Kenny Omega. Um, it's unsanctioned. Mox is pissed about that because he doesn't get the paycheck. I'm assuming this is actually going to come last on the show. It makes sense because they shut the lights out and then it comes back on and it's unsanctioned. But,
1: uh. I hope it's not because it'll be the second time that they pull that. Right? Yeah. The championship should go on last. Yeah. Do the unsanctioned, unsanctioned match first. Start your show off with it.
0: I just think it sucks because as Jon Moxley's had, the only legitimate matches he's had in AEW are tag matches. <laughs> and <laughs> unsanctioned gotten, matches. Yeah, he, well, the he, unsanctioned, he hasn't had They a don't count match. towards your win-loss record, though. Unsanctioned matches. Well, I know, but neither neither do tag, ma- tag matches. There is a tag thing. So, your tag, team yeah, but is that count count? in a tag bracket? But does that count towards your That <laughs> does count not toward towards your, your main title, yeah, not yeah,
1: exactly. So, he's he's never <laughs> he never has. And Kenny Omega, we know they they want to keep losing, or we think,
0: yeah, I would assume so. And that's you why and I, I gotta, think that, yeah, I think it's, it's Moxley.
1: Moxley's yeah. winning. Come on. Come on. And, and,
0: and in the in the go home show, uh, Moxley and Omega w- had to side with each other for a brief moment. And so I, I see some respect being built as they travel through this hell and uh, possibly a tag team in the future. And I mean, how amazing, come on. how amazing would that? be? I
1: would love it. I would love it. Uh, it's obviously going to be a short term tag team, but oh, fuck. I would love it. Uh huh. And then we have, uh, talking about tag team. Well, no, we're not talking about tag team. Adam Page, pasty.
0: And the yes. bastard Pac. Definitely not a tag team. Although they well, might be they after this be. match. Yeah,
1: you don't know. You you just don't know.
0: <laughs> Pac and uh, Page. Pac and Page. I love that he's got the cowboy shit chance going on now. It's pretty amazing. Um... I got to go with Pac, though. I feel like uh, old old Adrian Neville needs a win here.
1: And I'm going with Hangman Page because I think he needs a win if they're going to build him up.
0: I think this is the coolest shit because so far in AEW's history, not one of the uh, EVPs have held a championship. Ish,
1: yeah. It's true. Ish, yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, no, I, I like Ish. I mean, we can, are,
1: we, we got, you got to put the asterisk it. Are on you going to triple A with
0: the Young Bucks? Is that what your thing is?
1: <laughs> no, my no, my thing is, A, they've all got to uh, fight for it. Yeah. And, B, Jericho <laughs> But they had to do that an,
0: to get the people to assume that they were going to nepotism okay. it. You know what and I we mean? Know,
1: we all know that Jericho is an EVP, just not by title. <laughs> oh, he's definitely
0: on. the highest paid
1: he's also an evp you don't think he makes decisions
0: i think he's only got a three-year contract i think he's got some i think but he's you don't got, think he makes decisions i don't think he's i think i don't think he's evp but i think he's got a backstage job i think he's getting a second think that, paycheck you don't think he's that getting he the hell made insurance. his
1: match every oh, match no, that he he's did. had you don't think he, he did, made his, him.
0: his yeah yeah you know what they said though they're giving a lot of the wrestlers creative control within their means I don't know. exactly it's good either no
1: no no I I, I dig it they, they haven't I, I dig it <laughs> I mean there's a great there's there's definitely a super gray area and we all know that but well yeah
0: um, I, I <laughs> What do you want me to say? I don't know. Uh, Did you say who you're picking? I'm picking... um,
1: Yeah, I'm picking uh, Hangman Page.
0: Yeah. Hap. Three letters.
1: (laughs) I got to just go with the three letters. It's Hangman Page. It's Bastard Pock. I want Pock to win. Out of the two, I I would love Pock to whoop his ass, but... Also, if you're building Hangman Adam Page, and if Pac is the already established veteran, yeah. build him. And if wins and losses matter, build Hangman Adam Page.
0: Once because again, he I'm should just be... Picking, I'm just picking things by the way I think they're going to go and not by my, my I, I cry.
1: I hear you, but let me say this. Page should be the one to win the title off of Jericho. Yeah, because it came down to those two, and everybody said Hangman is the homegrown talent, Jericho is the big name. Of course, they gave it to the big name, and that's smart, that's that's responsible. But if you can build Hangman up and let him take it from Jericho, you have a homegrown talent. No different than Jacob Fatu in Impact. Or yeah. in MLW, I mean, I'm sorry.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and we've been talking so, about it since the beginning. Hangman Adam Page is the guy that the company is eventually going to revolve around.
1: We hope. We hope so. We there hope is so. some contenders. So they have brought
0: there. in some strong names from out in the nether, but no, oh, for sure. As a homegrown talent, I think he's he's got to be it. I mean, I would say MJF, but he's obviously elsewhere.
1: So what do we got for the uh, tag match coming up? That's the uh, Young Woo! Bucks taking on Santana and Ortiz.
0: Yes, indeed. God damn, I expect this to be match of the night or close to it.
1: Honestly, this seems like almost a given. A lot of times you're like, oh, seven or, or six or five or four of these matches could be match of the night. No, this is going to be match of the night.
0: Dude, this is a match we've been waiting for for quite some time. Have we even got Young Bucks versus uh, LAX? Back when that was a not thing? that I
1: not that I can think of. I
0: can not that yeah, I can remember. We've Had Lucha no. Bros versus them. This is but not this LAX. Is, this is some tantalizing and tasty shit right here. And I think we're on the same page here too.
1: Yeah, if they're really pushing. Um tag team wrestling this is the match that they're going to showcase
0: right and if jericho is going to be the first and dominant champion his regime has to be victorious
1: correct so pacey i'm picking s and o that's right or Uh, p and p
0: whichever one you want to call it which is awesome because when i first got into local rap music in north branch there was a group that came through quite often Called Play is in Progress, PNP. And Liquid Assassin was a member of that record label. That group. Not not
1: only were they really good on the stage, but they also uh, wet themselves. Yes. So they got the nickname PP. That's <laughs> just what it was. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. But I expect Santana and Ortiz to win. I pretty much expect them to be your next AEW Tag Team Champions. I I would concur with that. If the Lucha Bros already missed it and are probably going to miss it again.
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, that's, yeah. It's not a good answer. They've done a good job of creating one of the best tag team rosters ever. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you could see, you could see uh, proud and powerful you could see young bucks. You could see private party. You could see Lucha Bros. You could see SCU. You could see tons of people.
0: I think the only tag team easily I'm not a hundred percent behind right now is the Dark Order. That's right. I, I could say. easily. Everybody see else them. is amazing. Yeah.
1: So, they, they've definitely done their job. They said even, they were going to promote Jungle wrestling. Boy they and Marco
0: Stunt are worth their fucking dollar. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Okay, I mean, you gotta have your right. funny comedy teams. And that's just the thing.
1: They just don't <laughs> have to have titles. What do you got mm-hmm. next?
0: Oh, there was uh, fucking something else I noticed on, on Dynamite that I wanted to bring up, and that was Fucking um, something else. Who is uh, Rocky? Was it not Rocky Romero? But who is the other one that's in in Best Friends?
1: Oh well, Rocky Mar- Romero. Yeah, I know is he's not. I know he's trend, not. But but there's, Trent oh, Baretta. Trent Bretta?
0: Yeah, and they just call him Trent now. Okay, just Trent. Hmm. It works with Cody. I don't think it works with Trent. But I don't know. I just wanted yeah, to point but, that out because it was something that I, I caught that I'm like, I don't oh, that's know that ugly. That is-
1: So let me say this I don't know that this has anything to do with anything And I might piss off some people But Beretta is a common name of a gun And we don't really want to promote Fucking um, shooting people So that might be what it is I don't know that's what it is
0: Yeah I just I I hope that's not final stop I hope he comes up with another second name Okay They don't need to take the WWE route Where they cut people's identities away By giving them a one syllable word I hate that (laughs) But I wanted to point that out because, like I said, it was something that definitely caught my attention and I was not very happy with. But it was his first singles match of his career. I think he lost, but whatever.
1: Speaking of tag teams, uh, we got the AEW Tag
0: Team Championship. Yeah! SCU takes on Lucha Bros and Private Party. PP! Yeah, the other PP. PP! So many PPs. PP! It's like I'm in the locker room. pee <laughs> I gotta say, I'm going with PP to win beep, this beep. one. I think I see you. I like them. I'm glad they were the first champions, but I do see them as transitional. I understand Scorpios, guys, Young, Kazarian, and Daniels are really good off in a position to put over other talent. And that I think true. as the champions. That can't be accomplished. As the champions, you should be dominant. Uh, mm-hmm. Private Party handpicked by, by the Young Bucks. And Lucha Bros already missed their opportunity. Plus, with the ex, uh, the, the exposure that the AAA tag team titles have had mm-hmm. on AEW, I think that brings me down to, yeah, Private Party is going to pull out the upset. Uh, I would assume some would call it I would assume <laughs> JR is going to call it that for sure. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Slap it against my face one more time.
1: Uh, now you guys say one.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I. You know what? I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna keep. see you with it. I'm okay
0: with that. I love them. I
1: like them, and I want them. And to be honest, any of these three, I'm gonna be happy with. Um private party is building the next generation. Lucha Bros is definitely promoting who is now, and SCU shows that you got respect for who came here and who paved the road. So there's no wrong answer to this question. No. There's no wrong answer I think answer.
0: that's the beautiful thing across the board, this whole card. Like you won't be mad at the outcome of any of these matches, which is bizarre. In, in the uh, world we've Yeah, come
1: yeah, honestly, honestly that's true. Uh it, until we get farther down the road, but yeah, I'm definitely going to go with uh want to go with uh, SCU. Oh. I right. think they need to keep it. I think we need to establish. I think there's no reason for any title to change hand this quickly if wins and losses matter.
0: I think just the triangular opens though. that up so much more, though. That's it does, input. but I think it hurts it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And maybe SCU loses it and wins it right back. I don't know. Uh But up next, we've got the AEW Women's World Championship. Riho defending her title versus Emmy Sakura, who cleanly pinned Riho in a tag team match just this week.
1: She also trained Riho, so uh, this is really fun.
0: Yeah, I mean that, and the fact that she's the female Asian embodiment of um, Freddie Mercury. That's racist. <laughs> well, no, that's her gimmick. It even her her theme song even starts with "stomp, stomp, clap," and then the, her the gimmick
1: is that she's Asian.
0: No, her gimmick is that she's Freddie Mercury.
1: Okay, the female Freddie Mercury. You said Asian. That made it racist. I
0: said female and Asian. I was just giving her credit across nah, the racist. board. Racist. It's sexist, too, apparently.
1: <laughs> no, uh, definitely. I'm going for uh, Riho. Not only because I honestly think she's going to win, but because this is one of them that made me stretch. Like, I had to put R-I-O for Rio when it's real, <laughs> And it was like... It was easy to pick Emi Sakura, and it was like, no, I don't want her to win. Right. She's not going to win. I'm not going to pick EMI.
0: Yeah, it's too soon, and then Rio's has got to lose to somebody much further up the roster. <laughs> Emi's good. She's a good character, but she's not what she's I would call She's badass. It. Yeah.
1: She, she's definitely the veteran that, that's putting other people over. Like, yeah. we've I've got nothing but respect for her. As far as the Japanese market goes, she's like the fabulous Mula or Mayam. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to say there's a, there's a huge percentage of me that wants to pick Emmy. After the win she had over Riho in the tag match, yep. I think it could be a good choice. But Riho, being as tiny as she is and the first AEW Women's Champion, I think she's got a lot to prove, and she can't prove it if she loses it.
1: And let me, let me say this, and even though... Um, AEW hasn't really, and, and they've admitted it, they, they haven't really showcased their women's division that much. I would love to see Riho be the only initial champion that lasts over a year. You think so? I think that I, well I, I think I think I would like to see it.
0: I think that would be really cool, but uh recently on Dark and, and I think she made her debut on, on Dynamite this week, but uh Jamie Hayter is like one of the newer additions to the female roster and I kind of see her being the next women's champion.
1: Okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it would be really cool if that happened.
0: It is really cool that they're signing all kinds of high-caliber women talent after the fact of AEW Dynamite getting going.
1: Yeah, they seem to to now be interested in actually having a women's division. It uh, wasn't so much before. We've talked about that. They've uh, really dropped the ball on their women's division.
0: Hey, and it's a good contingency because if you can't keep Britt Baker happy and she goes to NXT, at least you've got some other solid names to fall back on.
1: Right. But then That's... we have the main event, Pasty.
0: Mm -hmm. The AEW World Championship match. Chris Jericho defending his championship versus Cody. And if Cody loses, he never challenges for the championship again.
1: That really threw me off. Really threw me off,
0: Dude, how awesome would it be if Cody lost it and held to his word? That would be amazing for him and the company. (laughs) I honestly... I I, I'm dumb
1: and I don't like I'm horrible that I believe in people and I have faith and I care about things. I'm going to say that not only does, uh, well you, you got the first pick, so I won't say my pick, say your pick. I don't want to jump. Well, I,
0: I think it would be super awesome if he lost and all, but with that promo, it definitely left some room open for a DQ finish in his favor. Where he wins the match but doesn't get the title. Okay. And honestly, you can't say this is not going to break down to the elite versus the inner circle by the end of this fit.
1: Well, for sure. They've already planted the seeds. They're talking about them and everything. So and that's what I'm hoping.
0: Be big, big match at the next pay per view, one way or another.
1: What I'm hoping is that Jericho wins, Cody loses, and. Cody doesn't need to ever hold the championship. Exactly. He's, He's the got founder a title of the company. Already. Right,
0: right. He's got that title already. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what what do we need that And so, how fucking I'm,
0: honorable would it be? That's uh, it
1: would be. That's that's kind of the that's kind of the call. Uh, is he honorable or is he just another bitch? Well, I mean I it could, could it could DQ
0: finish it. and he still never wins it, you know what I mean? There's still another way around that, where he can challenge for it and not win it.
1: Right. I'm going to go Y2J, though. I'm going Chris Jericho, Pasty. Good. It's a three-letter person. I'm going Y2J. That was kind of the main reason. (laughs) And uh, what did we decide for tiebreaker?
0: Um, God damn it. We we haven't come up with one yet because I have to stick with the DQ finish as my my pick. Okay,
1: let's just say it's gonna. We're we're not gonna have
0: a we're not gonna have a tie. We know that. Hey, if it's a tiebreaker, how about it goes to the buy-in? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I
1: I don't mind that. Yeah, because we're because we both differ on the buy-in. The only one buy-in we differ, so yeah, let's go <laughs> yep. with that.
0: Yep, and the other two just won't go.
1: Okay, I'm going to write it in there, okay? Yeah. And then, we actually have uh, our Savage
0: Sentinel pasty! Holy shit! Not Glenn Jacobs, but Glenn Joseph Robinson. Producer with WWE, NXT, UK, and Progress. Got into a social media tiff with Jim Cornette. Wrestling's resident old man yells at Cloud, which got bad enough it prompted a response from Ring of Honor. Robinson wrote, "Let's go, uh, let's go back and forth on this one, Pacey. All right, I like this." Robinson wrote, remember when Jim a tennis racket is a logical wrestling weapon for a fat manager in an ill-fitting suit, Cornett said that the, my best mate should hang himself from a light post until he died because he didn't wear a bow tie or ring announce. Yeah, I don't forget that shit, James.
1: To which Jim Cornett responded, "Good. Write it down and shove it up your ass." so it's always close to you. God,
0: what a dated comeback.
1: (laughs) You and the disheveled-looking hobo bum ring announcer are the most sensitive butthurt people I've ever seen. And the quote was, he should be hung in the parking lot for dressing that way. Get it straight.
0: Lorna Watts then joined in with telling someone to kill themselves? Wow, real classy. You are a disgusting human being. Suicide is not a joke. With Jim Cornette
1: replying, I didn't say he had to do it himself. It was left and open neither that did someone could do it for him.
0: <laughs> A fan chimed in with, Sorry about that. I don't offend the way he makes his points when a non-wrestling personality is involved. Most people in wrestling have thick skins and rightfully should... But not the average person like me or you. And Jim so eloquently
1: followed with I know a lot of, quote, average people, and none of them are butt hurt pussies with the panties in a wad over getting cussed out because they're also, you know, grown adult men and not butt hurt pussies like the crybabies you're dealing with right now they can cuss back or fuck off.
0: <laughs> this all caught the attention of NWA, which had to try to put the social media fire out with a statement of their own. Over the last few days, a situation was brought to our attention in regard to the comments made by Jim Cornette that have been taken as making light on the subject of suicide. We've addressed the situation internally With Mr. Cornette and made it clear that any comments in regards to the subject, joking or serious, are not endorsed by Lightning One and the National Wrestling Alliance. I like Lightning One. That's a good name. Lightning One. Mr. Cornette understands the seriousness of the situation, and with that, he will remain the color commentator for NWA Power. Mental health and suicide prevention are very important to NWA President Billy Corgan who's been busy smashing pumpkins since the Halloween holiday, yep. and myself, Pasty White. <laughs> if you're ever needing help or need to speak with someone, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And that promo code, once again, is Beefsticks Podcast 829 at Badass Beard Company. Woo! back to where i was <laughs> or online at suicide prevention lifeline.org or badassbeardcare.com yes yeah, so uh beef sticks podcast that's jim, 829 that's jim Cornette. i don't
1: agree with him but he does his thing and you know what jim Cornette again Ran his mouth and did something positive with promoting the suicide prevention lifeline. So, yeah, good for I'm not gonna say good for him, but good for the suicide prevention lifeline, yeah,
0: good for NWA, I guess.
1: Uh, MLW I mean, and do AAA, you think, do you think PhD, he was just making uh, up for
0: that when he praised Cody's promo? Like, this will make it all right in the wrestling world. <laughs>
1: uh, no, I don't think he gives a shit about
0: anybody honestly no. <laughs> you don't think it's just a gimmick
1: no did you you've not seen the fucking uh video where he goes to the drive-thru yeah
0: he was on tape and he knew it
1: that's not no he didn't know it he that was chris it. jericho filming him without him knowing and he
0: didn't see chris jericho holding his phone up the whole time
1: Dude, this was before there was even a fucking phone. It was a camera. I think he cries
0: a lot in his personal life, to be completely honest.
1: All right, well, MLW and AAA have begun a new alliance, Pasty. A vignette aired during Saturday night's Super Fight pay-per-view where AAA was referred to as Mexico's most popular promotion, which it is, for Lucha Libre. Crossovers, surprises, super shows, and more are apparently in the works at this time as many may know MLW has a partnership with the crash in Europe and AAA has a partnership with AEW in America
0: Jericho Cruz wrestlers baby.
1: shared between MLW and AEW as well such as Jimmy Havoc and MJF there is yet to be an announcement on how the new partnership will affect other existing partnerships. But MLW now has international partnerships with AAA in Mexico, the Crash in Europe, and Noah of Japan. Them's some good ties to have. I think that's the right move to make. They're really
0: building their global brand. And can you imagine those super shows? Holy fuck. Whew. but that's not all fat mac combate america's events in 2020 will air the exclusive. combate or combat then he raised the e <laughs> is it combate or is it combat it's combat america's events in 2020 will air the exclusive <laughs> english language feed uh, live on access tv in the United States, on the Fight Network, in Canada as well. Combat America's CEO, Campbell McLaren. Why does he have two last names? I don't get it. We don't
1: even know.
0: <laughs> and Angela's press events. Angela? Who the fuck is Angela? I don't know. Included Tito Ortiz, Alberto L. Patron, Rodriguez.
1: No, 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 pasty. Let me tell you something.
0: Combat Anglees. America
1: CEO Cam, uh, Campbell McLaren oh, shit.
0: and yes. Anthem's Chief and Corporate, Anthem Officer, Chief Ed Corporate Officer Ed Nordholm announced landmark agreement at a special Los Angeles <laughs> press event that included Tito Ortiz, <laughs> Alberto El Patron Rodriguez, Kate Del Castillo, and combat america's world champion rafa gifted garcia oh he's
1: gifted as shit
0: yes i once
1: seen i once seen him get a fucking box with two layers of wrapping paper a bow and a tag that said to and from
0: what's more than that i heard i heard that joey ryan gifted him a dick in a box it's my dick in a box. Oh. Axis yeah, yeah. <laughs> majority owner is Anthem Sports, which owns Impact Wrestling and continues to grow its presence in the world of combat sports, which is a much better term than sports entertainment. As Access also airs, wow, and New
1: Japan Pro Wrestling.
0: It just says "Wow" and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay,
1: they're both they air both. They're, they're <laughs> both women of wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling.
0: It just says access wrestling. also
1: airs "Wow." I'm pretty AM. sure they air them both. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I'm pretty sure they air them
0: both. Good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well that was a that was a fucked of a fucking story, so let's just move on. ECW Press will be publishing Blood and Fire The Unbelievable True Story of Wrestling Original chic. This book is going to tell the tale of the life of Ed Farrat, who was a massive international star promoter and trainer. The book is currently being targeted for a 2021 release being written by Brian Solomon, who in the past has worked for WWE and has published a number of very good books on professional wrestling. Nice. Excuse me. Not to be confused with WWE Hall of Famer, The Iron Sheik. Ferrat debuted in 1949
0: well, there's a reason the Iron was Sheik the had to add iron to his name.
1: <laughs> of course, he was the Iron Age. But the um, but the original Sheik was the centerpiece of big time wrestling in Michigan as one of the all time greatest villains in professional wrestling history. Even better than Marty he retired Scroll. in 1998 and passed away from. ...in 2003 at the age of 76. He worked all over the world... ...from All Japan Pro Wrestling... ...and FMW in Japan... ...to Europe... ...to every major territory... ...and promotion you could name... ...in the United States. He was secretly... ...the promoter of Big Time Wrestling... ...in Michigan and maintained... kayfabe to the strictest... ...degree imaginable... ...at the time, which means... He would never break character around normal people.
0: The under- he
1: was the trainer of his nephew, Sabu, and Rob Van Dam, among others. Solomon is currently in the middle of interviews for this book. That should be an amazing read.
0: Yes, that's fantastic. Hey, speaking of books, Fat Mac... We went to the thrift store this week and for the low low price of a buck 80 I picked up a book I read back in middle school. Mankind's have a nice day, a tale of blood and oh, sweat socks.
1: Such a great book.
0: God, now I just I need to get the rocks book and I'll be so happy. I'm sure there's others that I could add to the collection too, but those are the ones I read back in the day.
1: <coughs> I think you're happy.
0: I am happy. Yes. And WWE Network's official Twitter confirms starting January 2020, about the same time that we all stopped subscribing to the WWE Network, they will be increasing (laughs) their flat rate from $9.99 to $12.99, a move that's only been met by companies such as Netflix, who appears to be going under as of next Tuesday when my family starts to love Disney Plus even more. Still no weird, weird, weird word on when we're, or where we're, we're, or we're, we're, how we're. or why the tiered system will take offense and effect. <laughs> and I shed a tear oh, for the nine ninety nine low, low price of the WWE Network.
1: With that being said, pasty, uh, we're going to bust out some comings and goings. First of all, I want to say that Randy Orton confirmed he has signed on with WWE for five more years in chagrin to every pro wrestling God, fans. the
0: man is the best in the business at what he does. Is he not? <laughs> it should come as no surprise anymore that he always pulls the shit To get a bigger pay cut on the next contract signing.
1: He is the best in the business at collecting a paycheck. Yes, he
0: is. (laughs) Uh, Chris Jericho appeared by way of video at New Japan Pro Wrestling Power Struggle to challenge Hiroshi Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom 14 on January 5th. Jericho said, Tanahashi, you see what I did to your people. Now wait and see what I do to you. January 5th at the Tokyo Dome. The Painmaker versus the Ace. It's going to be a classic match, and it's also going to be your last match, Tana. Tanahashi accepted after the video played. So we
1: have to uh, address the elephant in the room here.
0: Yes, I love to undress elephants.
1: Yes. Everything stated here says January 5th, and we all know that the Tokyo Dome show slash Wrestle Kingdom is always January 4th. This, (laughs) folks, is the first time ever that the Tokyo Dome show is going to be January 4th and January 5th. So good for New Japan to have a double date set. And um, fuck New Japan for making people like me have to search all over to figure out what the fuck is going on because I didn't think 5th was right.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a good 12 hours of wrestling that weekend, I tell you what.
1: Too right it is. But basically, (laughs) let me tell you this. Former ECW, WCW, and WWE star Lance Storm revealed on Twitter that he will be going to work for WWE as a producer at least once his Storm Wrestling Academy in Calgary, Alberta, Canada is fully closed. Storm has actually trained, folks, listen to this, 100 wrestlers, more than 100 wrestlers, or almost 100 wrestlers. And I think you might recognize a few of them. Chelsea Green... Dolph Ziggler, Taya Valkyrie, Tyler Breeze, Mickey James, Cheeseburger, Peyton Royce, and so many more.
0: Man, all those people have had such a fair shake in WWE. Well,
1: I am of course I'm expecting they have. great things out of Lance Storm on production.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a valid point, Pasty. That is a valid point. I'll give you that one.
0: It just goes to show how much they value him already. They're all amazing talent. You go ahead and yeah, close down that shitty talent, school but. that puts out our lower-talent people, and you can come work for us, <laughs> where we won't use your ideas anyway, and you'll be relegated to keeping time between matches. Well, what
1: about <laughs> four talents that are extremely uh, talented who actually have signed on to WWE? Oh, I know
0: all about that, Fat Mac. Because it was really originally announced on Tuesday that Scarlet Bordeaux, Shotzi Blackheart, Indy Hartwell and referee Stefan Smith have all reported to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando to begin working with the company. We have initially reported on the speculation of these four talents joining the E in this podcast, but guess what? It's official.
1: Of course.
0: And you won't see them on NXT NXT NXT. unless they get drafted there because it's not developmental no more. I'm excited for Scarlet Bordeaux and Shopee Blackheart. Bordeaux's definitely going to the main roster. Blackheart's probably going to the main roster.
1: It'll be interesting to see what happens with these, with all of these individuals. Yes. But one more individual that WWE has hired, pasty is Christopher Guy, a.k.a. Ace Steel.
0: That's my guy.
1: As in... As a new WWE Performance Center coach, he has been hired, at least according to PW Insider. Ace has wrestled in Ring of Honor, Impact, World League Wrestling, and Rocky Mountain Pro. Christopher Guy was also the trainer of both CM Punk and Colt Cabana and has actually had a few Ooh, stints CM in WWE.
0: Punk, Eminent return, One in 2007?
1: Where he portrayed Donald Trump on an episode of Raw. So that's pretty interesting.
0: Yes, and I've also heard he's Matt Riddle's guy, bro. And he hooks him up with the stuff and that kicks your sandals off your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Don't kick your sandals off your feet too hard, though, because you could get a shin splint. And that brings us to this week's injury report, where WWE revealed during an NXT storyline with Matt Riddle that Adam Cole had his right arm fractured after Matt Riddle kicked off his sandals too hard. <laughs> he was fractured in their NXT injury report, which is usually a kayfabe tool, But it turns out, unfortunately, this time it is legitimate, according to PW Insider. Just fucking weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't have a... I don't have anything fun or good for
0: that. It protects him for the time being, I guess. Can't lose your championship if you can't compete, if you're going to be back soon.
1: Unless he gets stripped. Yeah.
0: Like I guess if they if they stripped it and gave it back to Ciampa, no harm, no foul, right?
1: No harm, no foul, but that's not gonna happen. Uh but Pasty, uh, let's talk about some AEW injuries, which we don't want to, but we will. During a press conference at Starcast AEW star, Luchasaurus said he is targeting for a January twenty twenty return. From his hamstring injury. So it's at least a positive word.
0: That is good. I'm happy he's going to be back sooner rather than later. As much as I I think uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt can do it on their own. And by do it on their own, I mean get over with the audience and probably not win any matches. (laughs) They need Luchasaurus back.
1: Too right. Um, That's all I got. Pasty, do you have anything else before we sign off on this week's episode of Weave Six Podcast?
0: I just want to say, holy shit, it's 10.01, and we made it with barely going over with all the things we had to cover. And we couldn't do it without you guys, our loyal listeners. Thank you. And once again, check out badassbeardcare.com for all your bearding needs. Get your free sample and use that promo code. Beefsticks podcast Beef 829 829 It's a great way to support your hosts without spending a dime on us. Click I it or ticket you. folks.